Welcome to Bear Weather Fans, your favorite Bears podcast you're currently listening to. Join myself, Patrick, Coach Bob, and Ed O'Bradabot as you listen to Bear Weather Fans. Welcome to Bear Weather Fans. This is Patrick, of course, your beloved, beloved co-host, and joined with me is my even more beloved co-host, Coach Bob. Coach Bob, how you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic, but there's no way that I'm more beloved than the beloved Patrick. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of our belovedly beloved beloved co-hosts. Uh, our favorite of all co-hosts, uh, Ed O'Bradabot. How you doing, Ed? They're keeping that fool, that absolute fool... Can't argue there. When he's right, he's right. <laughs> Just on blast. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to Bear Weather Fans, uh, your favorite Bears podcast, probably, at least the one playing right now. Uh, we are coming to you for Bears Raiders post game episode after a surprising domination. Surprising for some people. Uh, Coach Bob, what did you think of the Bears 20 9 win over the Raiders? Yeah, uh, I'll say surprising. It was one of those. I mean, if you recall from the last you know, last week, um, I was really on the fence with this game. Mm-hmm. I was I was really wanting to go Bears, and I didn't. Uh, you almost convinced me to do it, and then basically I got caught in. Uh, you know, a week ago, uh, we didn't know Justin Fields was going to be the starter. I actually feel like yeah, right. there was uh, information that. Nagy said, if healthy in his evaluation on Wednesday, Dalton was going to be the starter. I didn't like that news. Um, <laughs> I knew Montgomery was going to be out. Didn't really know how the running backs were going to go. And so I was uh, I was losing a little bit of confidence there, especially like I thought even if Dalton and Fields played similarly in terms of their effectiveness, I thought it would kind of take the wind out of the sails of the team a little bit. And that would cost them. And then, uh, you know, after we did all our uh, podcast news broke that that was not the case, that Justin Fields would, in fact, be the starter. Um, and pretty much from what I saw, the uh, there was speculation, at least maybe you know more than me, that it was coming from the top that Nagy's hand uh, was like he was his his reins were pulled and it was basically, <laughs> nope, not your choice anymore. Start Justin Fields and. Um, I think it worked out really well. I mean, Justin had his first career touchdown pass, which is astonishing two and a half games in with a couple of wins that he has his first touchdown pass. Um, <laughs> and he he continues to pass the eye test and have atrocious box office statistics. So, uh, but I'll, I'll say, and I can't believe I went this long without mentioning it, mentioning it. The defense was incredible. If you're going to keep an NFL team to nine points, you should win that game. And uh, they did that. And like you said, handily. They won very comfortably over a team that was supposed to be pretty good. I mean, they were 3-1 and one over some, we talked about moderate, but decent opponents. Like, not, not rollover opponents. And, um, you know, they actually had been down three times by 14 points and won two of those three games. So I had that in the back of my mind, a little bit of fear that 
there was a chance that they were going to come back in that one, and they did not, and the Bears' defense held, and it was really impressive. So very, very impressed with the Bears uh, coming away, being 3-2 and two right now. Yeah, man. It's, um, yeah, a lot you touched on there. It's exciting. It, just in general, like, if you had told us before the season started that we would have ended this five-game stretch as 3-2, and two, we would, I think we would have been, like, pretty ecstatic. Like, wait, what? Because uh, this is, you know, a very difficult section of the schedule. So anything above 500 is like a win in my book. I mean, it's literally a win, but um, it's also figuratively one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree that Justin Fields, he's just so exciting to watch. He's just so, like, impressive that even, I guess there's a little bit of Lamar Jackson effect there where he just, like, it's so impressive the stuff he does that even if his box score does not indicate a good game, it's like, I don't know, he's fun to watch and... He's the QB we have. I'd much rather have him out there than Andy Dalton. And um, mm-hmm. like you said, it does seem to be... You're right. If they had gone back to Andy Dalton, that would have been a steam... It just would have like ruined the, the vibe we had. And it's hard to know. I'm not always one to subscribe to like the rah-rah stuff as some people. But there is something to having a new exciting QB. It seems like the players like truly rally around this guy and are, are stoked to have like a threat on offense. It seems like... The defense especially has been, like, really, I don't know, it's like their pessimism started to creep in because they're forced to play under uh, Matt Nagy's head coach, and that means they have to carry the team for going on four years now. So um, just having that hope where it's like we're not going to be on the field for 85 snaps every single game now, having to hold every team to nine points, although they did this time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of positivity to be had. Yeah, the defense was freaking dominant uh offense showed up when they needed to uh yeah just a good game it's good like an ass kicking honestly absolutely i mean really like apart from me having my bears fan skepticism of like man i sure hope we hold on they really had this game in hand the whole time like they took a lead early they had at least pretty much a touchdown lead until I guess at the end it dwindled to less than a touchdown until they kicked that late field goal. But it was like they always had the lead or the lead in the ball. Like, it, you know, they were in complete control of the game and our defense really had them off balance pretty much all day. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, it's interesting because the first, if I remember correctly, the first two drives of the Bears were uh, ended in punts. Uh if I have my notes here, right, I'm jumping around a little bit, but uh, that my... sounds like it could be right because I I know it was 14 in the first half, but I yeah don't know that it was the first two drives. It felt like they like kept driving and taking forever uh, when they actually did drive the ball. Yeah, right. Uh, and they had like weird penalties, like the opening drive. Jafay Mafetti had a false start. Um, yep. They had uh, yeah that. Incomplete pass out of the shotgun. Um, yeah, they had a couple of like goofy plays going on, but um, yeah, after those first two drives, really they started just notching up touchdowns. They had uh, two consecutive drives then with touchdowns uh, in the same span. The Raiders responded with a field goal and then a, a turnover on downs, which is always fun. Um, that was like awesome. The, yeah, uh, that that stop on fourth down was huge. Yes. And we can talk about the other uh, red zone, uh, <laughs> you know, attempt the Raiders had with the never-ending penalties that gave them, like, what felt like 25 downs in the red zone, <laughs> like, at the goal yeah. line. It's like, dear Lord. Yeah. I, I mean, since you brought it up, I, I 
I was going to mention at some point, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess I get it. And I, I don't know. Like, I don't have a, a super good understanding of the rule. Apparently I thought Roquan Smith's hit on whoever that receiver was for Vegas on like the five yard line to cause yeah. an incomplete pass was about as clean as a linebacker could possibly do it. <laughs> he like turned, he got him with like his shoulder and upper arm. He -hmm. got the receiver like in his shoulder, not like the head. And he didn't like even throw himself at him. He just kind of like went for the ball and had a hit. And they call unnecessary roughness. And I'm like, I mean, he didn't try to spear the guy. He didn't like go at the guy's head. Like, and then they said, well, you hit him in the head neck area. And it's like, well, the receiver was going to the ground. So his... (laughs) Low, like when he lowered himself down, his elbow was still like head neck area because the guy was two feet off the ground. Like I, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Um, and I think it might be chalked up to like he can't do anything there. Like yeah. I, I don't know, which is such a weird position to put an NFL player in. Is like you turn and you can't make a play on this ball. Um, so I think you just have to you have to take that and just say it is what it is. But I don't know what else he could have done on that play. Yeah, I agree. Um, and for those of you new to the podcast, we uh, have kind of a specific format for um, post-game episodes, which is what we're in right now. We're going to give you kind of a general recap of just our feel for the game. Then we're going to go into uh, some game awards, coveted Bearweather fan awards. They're among the most prestigious in the NFL. And then we're going to kind of break it down by position. Um, but to your point, as far as, yeah, I think it's time to break it down a little bit. Um, but I do want to talk about the officiating, specifically Roquan Smith had that, that yeah, roughing, the, the unnecessary roughness, which I thought was, yeah, agreed, like textbook. There were a few of those. We were just like textbook, like, okay, are you just trying to legislate away big hits? Because if so, make that a rule. Otherwise, let them play. Uh, yeah, and then the other one that really, like, made me so mad was... Um, yeah, the pass interference DPI on him where it's like car oh hit God. him in the back of the head. Like he was just yes. like he was like on a jog and car was hitting him with a ball. Like what, what the hell penalty is that? Yeah, it, when the announcers say like, "Oh, well, he didn't make an attempt to turn and find the ball." That's fine. It yeah. hit him in the back. He didn't catch it. <laughs> right. But the thing is, the receiver didn't like Roquan didn't interfere with the receiver's ability to catch the ball except for I want to say it was the tight end, but I'm not sure. And the tight end, all he did was like club Roquan in the head also. He didn't come back for the ball. He didn't do anything. Right. Like had he planted his foot and come into Roquan and made contact, totally P.I. I agree. Right. But he ran the route and the ball didn't get to his hands because it hit Roquan in the back of the head. That's not pass interference. Roquan <laughs> didn't touch him in the hands. He didn't right. do anything to interfere with the pass except for be in the way of the ball. Right. And he didn't hit the receiver in the process of doing it. It was a terrible call. It was yeah. so bad. And that was a big one because it was I, – I, God, I don't remember the exact situation. But I remember when that happened, I was like, that was huge because I think it put him in field goal range. It might have led to their first field goal. I don't, rem- I don't remember. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that and, – and again, like – if you are a referee who's just reacting to what the rules usually are, it's like, oh, yeah, if they don't turn their head around, that's pass interference. It's like, okay, I understand that is what usually is, but that's because usually the pass is going to the receiver. In this case, the pass was underthrown and hit Roquan in the back of the head, who was just, like, taking up his own space, and you're allowed to have your own space. Like, 
that yeah that was 100 percent just like this is how the this is what we do and it's like no that's not really applicable here at all and oh, uh you bet your job you should feel bad right well and and like even if it was a poor throw that was behind roguan if the uh-huh. receiver had made an effort to go through roguan to get the ball that's pass interference but he didn't he was waiting for the ball to go through roguan smith which it did not and then it's like, oh, well, I guess that's pass interference then. And again, no, it's not. I, it, like, he didn't touch him. I mean, right. yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, a very, very bad call there. Uh, two really bad calls on him. So that was, that was frustrating because I feel like he actually had, had done a really nice job all game of uh, pass coverage like he normally does and all that stuff. And, and even, like, run stopping. I mean, he was all over the place. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was an awesome game for him. My God. Um, Yeah, that penalty specifically, like you're talking about, was kind of a drive ruiner. It gave them almost 20 yards, the Raiders. So they went from uh, their own, like, 45 to Chicago, like, 35. Yeah, it's like, that was huge. Um, In that same drive, they had a, uh, let's see, unnecessary roughness on Mario Edwards. That play where he just, like, chucked the running back. (laughs) That one was really bad. That one yeah. was really bad. And like, not that anyone's going to get hurt. Just really stupid play. Because I want to say that was going to bring up third and really long or fourth down. That was a yeah. that was like going to end the drive pretty much. And he threw the guy down well after whistles, after everyone else had let go, and it, after a negative play. Like it was a good play. Don't ruin it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one was a fourth and one. So Khalil Mack actually got the tackle for loss, and that should have been like awesome field position. And like you're saying, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, like the, the plays did like just go. So yeah, then they had um, something like 15 yards and force between downs. So yeah, all of a sudden their awesome field position because of a great fourth down stop turned into like, eh. But right. uh, yeah, it, whatever. Yeah, that was a huge bummer. Um, yeah, so we're gonna go into uh, our, one of our favorite segments. Um, Doing it in different positions, uh, or break down <laughs> the different positions. But first, there's a little uh, fun game that I want to play. Okay, sir. So, uh, the Bears, once upon a time, way back in two weeks ago, uh, the Bears had 47 net yards of offense. I don't know if you can remember back then. I actually, for some reason, blocked it out. I can't recall exactly why. But um, after two weeks of therapy, I, there was yeah. no game. I, yeah, just I don't even know like... what happened. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that in mind, how many penalty yards did the Raiders get? Or, I'm sorry, how many penalty yards did the Raiders inflict on themselves? Seventy. You're very close. Eighty-two yards of penalties. Dang it. <laughs> That's like a good running game that day. Like getting yeah. the other team 82 yards is like, ooh, that's tough. I want to say the Bears were close to that. Uh, yeah, seriously, I need to look this up. But yeah, that was a very penalty-heavy game. Um, and again, like the Roquan stuff was kind of garbage. And then there was that, I'm jumping around a little bit, but that um, no-call DPI uh, that the Bears should have had were... Um, Robinson kind of got forced out of bounds, and the defensive back didn't try to go oh my God. play for the ball. Yes. Like, that was huge. That's like okay, 35 they, okay. yards. Yes, on that one, they talked about, unless I'm thinking of a different play, is the one where the cornerback did look back for the ball, 
but then like is very clearly just shoving the wide receiver out of bounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and he's like, Oh no, this is really good technique. Look, he gave him no space to catch the ball. And he's looking back at the ball. I'm like, the problem is he's not playing the ball. That's pass interference. Roquan Smith literally didn't touch anybody. Gets PI. This guy turns his head so he can shove the wide receiver out of bounds. The second he makes contact, it's PI. Right. Like if that ball's in the air, it's pass interference. You're not allowed to touch him. Right. Like I don't understand. It, it's it's defensive holding if the ball is not in the air, and it's pass interference if the ball is in the air. And I get if you're like running and you you have inadvertent contact. That's not what it was. No. He had his free arm completely shoving him out of bounds, and he made contact with him before he even went to make a play on the ball. I'm like, none of this was clean. What are you talking about? And to your point, it was just it was a matter of the official. The official said, oh. Well, he's looking back at the ball, so that can't be P.I. Oh, oh, Roquan's not looking back at the ball. That must be P.I. <laughs> Jesus, watch the play. Right. Like it is so bad. That's not how it works. I, I really appreciate the moxie of that defensive back. Just be like, yeah, I'm just going to shove this dude on the bottom and then turn my head left. Like a performative head turn. Like, yes. I, way to sell it, I guess. But dear Lord. Oh, such a bad call. I completely agree. Yeah. Forgot about that one. I was so pissed when it happened live. <laughs> well, that was a fun game. Um, we'll, we'll probably have some more in store for you, but now let's get to some Bear Weather Fan Game Awards. All right. Good soundboard. You need to get your shit together. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought that was cut short. <laughs> um. The first award that I want to get to, we haven't really mentioned his name yet, so this is exciting, but this is the uh, Jordan Howard Award for Excellence in Puking on the Sideline, and this is uh, in memoriam of the Jordan Howard game on, uh, I think it was January 2nd, where it was, I mean, no, it was definitely uh, January 1st, whatever. he was basically came back from New Year's Eve party, was very obviously hungover, uh, still had an <laughs> NFL game, and was uh, just shamelessly puking on the sideline between downs. Um, one of my favorite Jordan Howard memories, maybe the number one. And uh, so that award goes to our boy Justin Fields because he, for a very different reason, they brought a trash can up to him on the sidelines. They thought he was going to hurl. And I think that's great. I think that's a sign of a well-executed offensive plan when your <laughs> your solution for your QB is like, well, I will get him a trash can. I don't know. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was the reason that the commentators couldn't do anything but talk about how he was not ready to do anything but toss simple screen passes and stuff for what seemed like a quarter and a half, right? And then they talked about it until there was a designed run to the right where he was very clearly 100% healthy. And they're like, oh, I guess he's fine. <laughs> like, oh, you actually didn't know what you were talking about. Well, it's yeah. funny, huh? Hmm. What a weird uh, phenomenon. This has never happened before. Uh, <laughs> I, I would also like to point out that uh, Jordan Howard, that's the award, correct? Mm-hmm. Is impressive enough to be celebrating and vomiting from a two-day hangover, <laughs> if it were, in fact, on January 2nd. That <laughs> yeah. man was incredible. <laughs> he's uh yeah, dude. He's just a gem. Um, oh, Ed or Bradabot, do you have anything to say? And they're the worst than everything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, well, throwing some fire, OB. Um, so yeah, that was the, of course, the Jordan Howard Award. And I'm sure you're all familiar with the plaque out. Uh, the next award, and this one's a little bit more contentious. I'm curious about your thoughts. Uh, this is the Trubisky Award for surprisingly outstanding play resulting in middling scores in the box. Um, that goes to Justin Fields as well. He's got two <laughs> awards this week. 
<laughs> I feel like we talked about that already. I was like, is that somebody other than Justin Fields played pretty well? Somehow had like a hundred yards, <laughs> right? Like fifty percent completion. <laughs> but there were so many games, like you know, where Trubisky made some clutch third. I, not, I don't know. This might be a hot take, because I'm sure some people are like no Trubisky always sucked. But like we can all remember a couple clutch plays at the end of some game, like against the Denver at the Mile High Stadium, where he threw like. Um, uh, a completion like in the two minute drill to get them in a game winning field goal with uh, what's his name uh, Eddie Pinheiro or uh, I don't know he, he, there's like Trubisky had some plays like wow and then you look at the box score and you're like oh hmm but uh, I, I totally felt that way about Fields today and I, I I recall what you're talking about I as much as I think uh, Trubisky is only so so he definitely had his moments yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I think there's a reason that people are so much more optimistic about Justin Fields, obviously. He has, like, the, you know, quote-unquote draft pedigree and success in college much more so than Trubisky. And um, I do think... How do you mean? uh, This is is cruel. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm a man in mourning. (laughs) No. um, But, I mean, right, like... It seems like the fan reaction to Justin Fields is so much different than Trubisky. Uh, even if their box scores aren't super different at this point in their careers. I agreed. Agreed. Um and I will say, like, even though uh and I don't I don't remember how just or uh Mitchell Trubisky's box score was through three games, but I don't feel like I saw what I see Justin Fields doing ever with Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't see the deep shots. I didn't see the accuracy. I felt like when I saw misses, I was like, Oh, like, yeah. like I, I was making those noises. And I feel like, I feel like every time I've seen Justin Fields throw an inaccurate pass, it made sense. Yeah. Like he was getting tackled yeah. or like he was, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen that many inaccurate passes and anytime it's even slightly off the mark, it's he's getting smoked. <laughs> uh, I actually feel like even if he is going to get hit really hard, he still makes an accurate pass. It's literally only if he's physically thrown off balance. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and those timely throws, like you said, you know, he, he had those deep shots in the beginning of the game. A few of the PIs against Las Vegas were not called. Um, and then just, you know, a couple like, not great breaks in terms of some of those drives continuing when those uh, calls aren't made. And then at the end of the game, when it really did matter and we were up by, you know, just a handful, that was when he had some timely first and second down completions four first downs to completely flip the field, drain the clock and put us up eight. Like that was, that was huge. I mean, I think they drove the whole field to basically ice the game. You know, technically it wasn't over at that point because it only went to eight, but still it was him completely taking over and making good throws in tight windows. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there's just something about his accuracy that, I mean, you, you talked about the eye test and how like true that is, but they're just, it just feels different. It looks different. It feels different. There's a smoothness. He doesn't seem to get rattled, and there's just about no ball. Like, yeah, there's there's no balls that you're just like, oh, um, I don't know. It's weird. It's uh, it feels so different. I still, I know we're like not super objective, but I still every time I see him, I'm like, how did 
How did you get to us? How did anyone oh, let him go? What did you do? I know. I know. I, I'll say like the one critique I have through three weeks is just that, and th- this is like his kind of cool swagger. I, I think he goes on the field knowing he's the best player on the field, right. or at least thinking he's the best player on the field. Yeah. But he goes out there and just basically is like, I can do whatever I want. And like to a fault, like he's not used yeah. to what NFL players can do. Um, so what I mean by that is like, I feel like he will try to extend a play one second longer yes. than he should, or, you know, I can wait it out indefinitely cause I can get away from anyone. Yeah. And it's like, he's finding that those spin moves that kind of like brush tackles off before they kind of hit you square in the NFL and then you get a, you get a barf bucket, you know, on the <laughs> sideline and like, and like that one that hyperextended his knee, like he had, oh he had a first down if he just tucked and run, like tuck and run, just go. Mm-hmm. But instead, like I said, he, he's trying to, you know what? I'm going to give the receivers another chance to get open. Right. Oh, they're still not open. Okay. Now I'll go. But the thing is yeah. the defensive ends are just so fast and everybody else is so much faster than he's used to that he can't get away with that stuff anymore. And I, I hope he can get used to just, going through his progressions, but then like, then get being decisive. Like if you've gone through all your progressions, now it's time to take off with your feet. It's okay. Like what, what I think he'll learn if it hopefully is that like that, that play, had he just gone out and taken it with his feet, he ends up fine. He doesn't take a hit. He, I mean, he's still not really running the ball all that much. And those impromptu, impromptu runs are like normally 10 to 15 yards a pop because it happens in man coverage when people have cleared out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, I would like to see him do that more decisively, not just on designed runs and things. And I'm not saying tuck and run right away. I'm saying like, once you've gone through everything, now it's time to go. I feel like he really is just trying to extend plays one second too long. And uh, I think he even did it, honestly, end of the first half where he took his deep drop, like really deep. And then both tackles had a tough time. And it was like, I feel like you got to feel that and you have to step up in the pocket earlier. Like you can't continue to commit to like getting that far back because by the time you're ready to step up, it's too late. They're too fast. Like again, just a second, a second slow there where, you know, you can make your read, but you can't, you can't take a seven step drop. If you see the both ends coming in. Right. And yeah, there's two things there. Yeah. One being those kind of those edge rushers, like that's something that uh, Jason Peters has talked about. It's like, oh, it's different blocking for Justin because he's not quite as comfortable. He hasn't said this uh, verbatim, but he's basically said that Justin's not quite as comfortable uh, stepping up into the pocket. He wants to break out on the edge because to your point, he wants to make the big play by everybody time. Um, And then the other thing is that he, Justin Fields, has said previously that he really idolizes Russell Wilson, who is famous for, you know, extending the play forever. But Russell Wilson has also not missed a game, like, ever. Right? I mean, like, has he ever missed a game? I don't think so. Um, and largely because he really understands how to mitigate hits or how to get away with it. Like, he extends the play, but he also knows when it's a lost cause and when it is bail. And so he, like, almost never takes big hits. And uh, I'm pretty sure Justin Fields took more uh, bone-shattering hits this week than Russell Wilson has this season, you know? That, oh, yeah. easily. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, in his two and a half games, yeah. it's probably a season total for Russell Wilson. Seriously. He, 
he like Justin Fields is faster and stronger, but Russell Wilson is more elusive. Like he's, he's got to realize like, unless you can have that like a plus plus pocket presence where you know how to just avoid everyone, which Russell Wilson has. I mean, I don't think Fields has that right now. So you're you're just getting teed off on. And I think Vegas came in with a goal of hurting him. Um, (laughs) It seemed that way. My God, that was like personal. Yeah. (laughs) I I thought it was funny. The the guy threw his arms up after the one late hit. It was like passes out, balls caught, and then he gets like smoked high. And and then he's like, what? And it's like, are you kidding me? Like that was that was like two full steps. Like the blocker stopped blocking you. That's how late it was. God, that was insane. And then Justin Fields, dude, Justin, he's like the Terminator man. I don't know what he is. He's like, he's just a stud. Like when uh, he, he really is. <laughs> like we talked before about how like he's taken so many hits that would kill us. Like uh, in oh, the yeah. preseason when he got that helmet to helmet, and then he's just like laughing about it afterwards. Like I would be in a coma right now. I don't understand how it's possible. We have the same human brain, right? But uh, yeah, his is better. <laughs> it is. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> if my wife left me for Justin Fields, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get it. It's it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think I would leave my wife for Justin. Fields. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and then that play where he got smoked, and then after he's like lying on the ground, like compared to Derek Carr, Derek Carr gets smoked, and he looks like, oh, we have to get a stretcher for him. And Justin Fields gets smoked, and he like slides into a cool slide and gives like the bring me more like hand motion. It's like, damn, Justin. That was so on the good. touchdown pass, right? Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, I, good call. I told Maggie that one. I was like, I was like, God, he's so cool. And she is watching the football game on her phone like she always does. And, uh, <laughs> and he gets smoked touchdown rolls over sees that it's caught give me more little fist pump and i'm like god you're so cool i'm like you know that's his first nfl touchdown he doesn't run into the end zone like he's never done this before even though he's never done this before (laughs) Never, literally like he just he's so calm cool and collected and it seemed like that hit did not even bother him it seemed like he just rolled right out of it and was like meh like you guys are all worse than me (laughs) like i said that like that seems like his mindset all the time seriously and i just don't want him getting hurt like, just be more decisive after three seconds. Right. If you can be more decisive after three seconds, after you've gone through your reads, nobody can stop you. You're too good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the knee before, but, like, that was terrifying. Like, I really thought that was it for him for the season. Like, it, it, I thought so, too. I thought it could be I thought it could be any number of ligaments in the knee that he's done. Yeah. And then, and then we're sitting here going, ah, well, we can have a little – Dink and dunk, Andy Dalton offense with seven yard pass plays. <laughs> I don't know. Obi, what are your thoughts on that? Get a chance to let it out, attack, and make a statement. And you play scared to death football. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, I mean, these are all good points. Thank you, Obi, Uh Yeah, but, and then also we're talking about it's a two sided coin. Um, that touchdown was him rolling out right and just waiting and waiting. And I, I actually thought he could have hit um, Jesper a little bit earlier, but it seemed like Jesper, for some reason, couldn't identify that he had a huge gap behind him. Like, Jesper, just just stand there, plant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th- that touchdown was 100% just in, like, buying time, buying time, yep. buying time, rolling out, and then 
and he throws that like laser pass like oh my god and it's it like if even if Jesper Horst had, hadn't tried to catch it it would have just hit him in the sternum and just stuck just like yeah oh yeah he, he didn't have a choice see no. like that throw too like his first touchdown pass like I feel like when I watched Mitchell Trubisky throw touchdown passes they were oh that guy's open oh I passed to him and to me I thought like I'm capable of making that throw. I can throw <laughs> to an open person that's not that far away. Right. Like, Justin Fields threw him open. Like, that's oh, yeah. things that, like, n- normal people can't do, normal quarterbacks can't do. Like, to your point, uh, it was Jasper Horstead, right? Yes, he, sir. He <laughs> oh, should not, have sat I'm down. sorry, not Jasper. Uh, Jasper. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jasper. So Famous he, well, Jesper, first yeah. of all, by the way, he's like a barely made the 53-man roster tight end, had a big preseason to make the roster. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, to your point, he should have sat down in the zone (laughs) in between two defenders and said he leaks right into a cornerback. Yep. And Justin Fields throws it right off the cornerback's helmet. Um, (laughs) And, like, meaning, like, right to the tight end's hands where the cornerback can't see it. And... Mm it's going to be a touchdown. Like it's just so impressive that he has that confidence of like, Oh, I can throw him open. Like he's not really open, but I'm going to throw him open for a touchdown. Um, and I agree. He, he extended that play, but I, I like even there, like he extended it. I, I'm not worried about that hit. Like nobody's getting hurt on that hit. Like it, he sees the defender. He sees everything in front of him. He's buying the time knowing like, okay, he's right there. All right. And time. My issue is like when people are on his back, that's when he's having a tough time gauging the, the timing because I think his internal clock isn't, even though he said it's not fast for him, I think the maybe the reading defenses isn't fast, but the player speed is still fast. Like those guys coming behind you, he's not appreciating how fast they get there. Yes. When it's in front of him, he can see them getting there and then make the decision. But when they're behind him, like that's when the knee thing happened. I think he right. like kind of took his time, took a look and then, and then he's getting tackled from behind. It's like, God, you right. didn't have that much time. And no. I feel like it's how he's like when he's rolling out and he's had those two fumbles, both of those, it's like, Oh, well you didn't have the time you thought you had. Cause the guy was already on your right arm. Like, right. So you have to protect the ball in that case where you have it loose because you think you can just get away now. Well, they're faster than you're giving them credit yes. for. Yes. And both times is when they're coming around on his backside where he can't quite see them and he can't gauge that speed. Yeah. And I know this is a little bit hindsight bias now, but like I'm Captain Hindsight basically. But this is one hundred percent why I'm like, all right, Justin Fields has to start. Like this is stuff that you do not learn from wearing a red penny at practice and having no one be allowed to touch you. It's like having you know, unlimited pass rushing, or, you know, unlimited time in the pocket, like pass rush just kind of whizzes by you and that's the end of the play. Like, yeah, this stuff you only learn from having uh, dirty Raiders players trying to kill you. And uh, I'm, I'm bummed that it almost cost him his knee, but this is what it takes to succeed as a QB. Like, you, you got to learn this stuff on the field. You're doing it's painful and you have a puke bucket. Absolutely. I mean, I he hope stayed in I the hope game. He, he got popped so many times today. I mean, I couldn't believe, I mean, he really got whacked pretty good. <laughs> okay, Obi-Bot, settle down. <laughs> he, he did. He did. I I hope he's all good. I mean, I think he is, but I hope his knee feels good like tomorrow, we'll say. Yes. I don't think there's any way his knee feels good today, but 
I hope it just is like, you know, pretty much back tomorrow. Yes, sir. And, uh, I mean, obviously you're a uh, coach, you have some knowledge of injuries and that kind of stuff. Um, another person that is worth a follow if you're one of the Bears Twitter folks, uh, like me, there is a dude, Mason West for Chicago Audible, who was tweeting during the game, like he's a physical therapist, has some uh, insight in that, and he was basically saying, like, it looks like he probably didn't get a ligament tear, but you're concerned about, like, once your circulation slows down a little bit, the swelling, so it's like, he was even saying, like, man, at halftime, like, he better not sit down, or like, <laughs> you know, it's like, his knee's just gonna swell up, and I agree, it's like, you know, Monday comes, Tuesday comes, like, what is your, what is your situation there? Because I think we've all had those injuries where, like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then, like, I don't know, you wake up the next day, oh, no. Yeah. I, the other thing that I said that actually I think plays a big part here is luckily he is 22 or whatever he is yep. at this point because his body's a lot more resilient than, the, like, Jason Peters. <laughs> if, if Jason Peters did that, he's out for three weeks. <laughs> 39-year-old knees do not bounce back like 22-year-old they knees. They sure do not. Jason Peters is just a marvel. Like the fact that he's even out there, like I don't know, he having a NFL starting position and an AARP membership at the same time is like unprecedented. I'd um, say it's one in a million, but that's not nearly as rare as it is. <laughs> right. Okay, so we jump around a little bit. Let's break it down by position for real. Um, I want to start defensive line. Uh, what did you think? First of all. Congratulations. You predicted going into the season, is your hot take, that Khalil Mack would be on track for a defensive player of the year caliber season. And he currently has five sacks. And is I think that doesn't even do it justice. He's crushing. He's, he's doing great. Yeah, he really is. And it's funny because I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to say your hot take was Khalil Mack is good at football. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it was that, too. Yeah. Yes. But, <laughs> Mr. no, Big I... Yeah, I think he is going to be in the conversation. It's funny. I dropped one other name that I think will be in the conversation, and I think both really will. Um, yeah, I think Khalil Mack is right up there. The other name I dropped when we got smoked by Cleveland is I think Miles Garrett's going to be in the conversation as well. But yeah. um, Khalil Mack has been good. He's been so good. <laughs> um, so he has five sacks. Did they? They probably didn't count. Or maybe they did. Do they count the sack like on that two point conversion? Does that count as a sack? It doesn't. That's just like a it doesn't. for loss. I didn't think so. That. Yeah, yeah. But but like that. I mean, why not? Yeah, That's right. a point scoring play in which he tackled the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. Like I like I didn't think they counted that, and he'd be lead leaguing. Right. In, Le- I said that wrong. League <laughs> yeah. leading. There it is. Yep. <laughs> uh, in the sack category, and I think he's very much just leading the way for the bears who I'm pretty sure have the most sacks out of any team in the NFL. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. Um, I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Um, he's doing an awesome job and I, I, his sack, not on the two point conversion against Vegas was so impressive where they did that. Like, uh, him and the tackle kind of switched positions. Yes, I wanted to talk about that, but yes. Oh, but but it wasn't just like a confusion play. It was so cool. I loved it so much. It was like so the it, by the way, he was really trying to earn a sack for his tackle, but yeah. then they took the tackle away so he got the sack anyway. But like <laughs> he just went in and popped the def, the 
offensive guard. Yes, sir. And just took him out, like hit him right in the side. And then the tackle goes wide and the, or sorry. Yeah. The defensive tackle goes wide. The offensive tackle goes with him. And now he's just popped the guy that's supposed to block him (laughs) off his feet. And he's like, Oh, so I'm free up the middle. It was so impressive. (laughs) And so like, yeah, for those at home who like maybe um, can't remember what we're talking about exactly. So, of course, you know, like the offensive line starts center in the middle, then there's a guard on either side, left or right guard, and then outside one more is left tackle, right tackle for five total linemen. And sometimes in offense, you'll have what's called a crack block, where it's like somebody be lined up, say, over the left tackle. And uh, if you want to run to that side, we have somebody lined up even wider who just cracks into the side of this defend- defender when they're not looking. They're expecting a block from the guy in front of them. Instead, bam, you crack them to the side, and you sometimes get lucky and have something that really works. I haven't seen that much on the defensive side until Sean Desai's defense this year. And I've seen like three times now where, in this case, it was, yeah, like you're saying, um, Khalil Mack was lined up just outside the left, no, the right tackle. Um, he had that, uh, I think it was number 99 or, yes, yeah, somebody uh, lined up over the right guard. And it looks like, okay, Khalil Mack's going to rush the, left, the right tackle. This guy's going to rush the right guard. Instead, yeah, Khalil Mack trucks into the right guard takes him out, and like you're saying, he's trying to create a sack for his defensive tackle, and then all of a sudden realizes, like, oh, by doing this crack, like, I'm at the quarterback now, too. Like, so, on one hand, it's like, thank you, Sean Desai, for scheming this up for me, but also, it's like, that is only a Khalil Mack problem, to be the designated, like, you know, blocker, and then also get the sack. Oh, yeah, he, he was he was the setup man, and he's so good that he got the sack. <laughs> so absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went in for the assist and then also got the trip. I don't even know what that... Yeah, uh, it's crazy, man. Um, yeah, so one thing to think about, and I, you know, we like to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit, uh, try to be objective, but the Raiders are not bad. Like, they're a good team. They were second overall in offense so far this season before the Bears got to them. Um the first three games, they had 491 yards, 425, and 497. Um, <laughs> like, that's insane, you know? like uh, It's av- like Bears offense numbers, right? <laughs> exactly. Un- <laughs> indistinguishable. So, yeah, they're averaging about 30 points per game. Um, and then the caveat was last week, before the Bears got to them, uh, they, of course, placed the Chargers, who have uh, Brandon Staley, the... Uh, Bears old offensive or Vic Fangio's old guy, um, and so basically what you're seeing is the same defensive scheme basically playing the Raiders one week before us. You're kind of seeing a matchup like it's like uh, someone putting before you, so you can get the lie. Like okay, okay. that's a great analogy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is how we do this. By the way, you always have the worst putter go first. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that why I always go? No, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so they're they're steamrolling teams, yeah, averaging 30, 30 points per game, uh, over four hundred yards, like way over. Um, and then last week before the Bears, they got fourteen points in two hundred thirteen yards. So that was like the tell, like okay, this defensive scheme is the way to find them out, to find out Carr, find out the Raiders' offense, and the Bears. Uh, I guess news alert, depending on when you hear this, uh, beat the Raiders so bad that their coach resigned from the position. How exciting is that? Yeah, I mean, that's insane. I will say I don't know that the cause and effect is exactly 100%, right, but I love it. <laughs> only the Bears. 
<laughs> Do not listen to Bob's fake news. So, so um, when I talked about my pick for this this uh, game, yes, sir. that was because I saw the same breaking news. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I, I well, first of all, the breaking news of him resigning wasn't really the breaking news that uh, led to the atrocious loss. I don't think the news itself, right, broke what three days ago? Is that right? Two days ago? Yeah, there was. The original one, I thought, my memory was like Saturday or Friday, and then the follow-up was like, yeah, yeah like an hour, a couple hours ago. But, yeah, yeah, so so like two or three days ago, like a, a day or two before the game, mm-hmm. it comes out that he said a bunch of horrible stuff, and that was another piece where I was like, man, uh, you know, if I knew this five days earlier, I would, I would, I would have made a different pick here, mm-hmm. like... Your head coach just lost the locker room. You're telling me Justin Fields is starting. You're telling me that the Raiders just lost the locker room with their head coach. And boy, did they – not to take anything away from the Bears, who I thought played great. Yeah. They looked like an uninspired group. And uh, I uh, I feel like we were very fortunate to play the Raiders this week. Mm. Um I I feel like this was the worst version of the Raiders so far this year. Um, oh, okay. that's not to take anything away from the Bears win. I love the Bears win, and I think they did everything they needed to do to win. Yeah. Um, I loved the run game, even with backup running backs. I loved the defensive scheme. I loved how much they held everybody down. But there was a. I mean, if the officiating was even remotely similar both sides. This is even a bigger blowout than we saw. This is a 21 plus point blowout. So, uh I just thought we saw kind of a not on point Raiders team to your point on the on the news breaking. <laughs> okay, that is that's almost a hot take, I'll say. Obibot, do you have any thoughts? Almost like came went flying out of my chair when I saw that. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, well, that, yeah, I will say I thought the Raiders' defense looked angry. And maybe that is uh, because I like the fact that they were so willing to be violent at Justin Fields. I mean, just because I'm personally attached to him, like, don't hurt my boy. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I could agree a little bit. I guess the offense was a little uninspired. Um, anyway, going through positions here, uh, defensive line we talked about. Let's talk about the secondary. Starting with, this is a fun tidbit, so the um, defensive line, obviously, they've uh, spent lavishly in draft capital with um, Akeem Hicks, big free agent, um, once upon a time, although now he's basically a bear for life, right? He is a bear. I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, uh, Cleo Mack traded two first-round picks, among some other stuff. Robert Quinn, very big contract, uh, and they've drafted kind of routinely for rotational guys in the defensive line. Uh how many first-round picks are there in the entire Bears secondary? Including, let's say, nickel for so potentially five players. How many? Uh, how many? Players? I'm, the only person I think that would be would be Eddie Jackson. I don't know that he was. He he played at Alabama. Yes, sir. Was he a second rounder? He actually broke his leg that year, so he went down to the uh. fourth round. Okay, 
So I'm going to say none then. You are correct. The highest drafted player, that, as far as I know, is um, Jalen Johnson, second round pick. Oh, so, wow. Uh, yeah, what's interesting to me about the secondary is uh, Kendall Vildor's like fifth round or he's like late. Uh, yeah, Eddie Jackson, fourth round. The safeties keep rotating on the other side opposite the Jackson. Uh, just in general, like not very highly touted, like, I don't know, high draft pieces, but they're playing really well, I think. Um, and I guess we can talk about specifics, but in general, one thing you brought up going into the season was like, yeah, they seem to have confidence in their safeties. Like when we talked about the lack of depth entirely in the uh, cornerback side, it's like, well, they do have a lot of safeties. And that has been backed up with their snap count so far as they have um, seemingly an impossible number of safeties on the field at a given time. It's like uh, Eddie Jackson has played 100% of the snaps so far. And then um, you have Deion Bush. Uh, who's played about a quarter of the snaps so far. And then Tashawn Gibson has played like 80% of the snaps so far. It's like, there can't be this many safeties, but uh, it's just... I think they're playing them as nickel corners, basically. Yeah, and uh, that is an interesting approach, but it's been working. I mean, I, I can't argue with the results. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think the secondary played pretty darn well. Um, I liked the DeAndre Houston-Karsten pick. Uh, I thought it was a great read. Great smooth pick for a safety. Um, I thought, I mean, just like we always talk about, like the only really poorly blown coverage I saw was that Waller one, I think. Oh, yeah. That he ended up dropping. Oh, sorry. Not that one. That one was blown too. That wasn't Waller, (laughs) was it? Uh, Was that Waller that dropped that one? The one where the guy's backpedaling? If that was Waller, that's humiliating. but it might have been. Um, I'm thinking of the one where Waller did catch it. He like kind of just came out of the backfield as a tight end, like you know, just like they do, and nobody picked him up. And he had a 29 yard gain. And it's like, dude, he's the number one target. He's a Pro Bowler. We don't know where he's at. Like we lost track of their number one target, and we right. double teamed somebody that, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that one was bad. And they did that drop was so so bad. I mean, it was like, it was like standstill pitch and catch bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, good throw by Derek Carr. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I the breakdowns, were, they were, they weren't that scary. Like even if he catches that deep ball that you're talking about, no big deal. The one I'm talking about ended up not being a big deal. Um, and uh, the pick was huge. Uh, Eddie Jackson had two plays that I remember. One was almost sweet. God, his goal line ball hawk steal was yes. like one. It was like one foot short of being an incredible play touchdown. <laughs> we were like, yeah, when we were watching that. Uh, everyone in the room was like, "He got that, damn it!" And then we saw the replay. Like, well, you should still give it to him. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, God, it, it was, I mean, it was so cool, and it was like, he had the right idea, I just kind of wish he had that idea one foot sooner, you know, I like, know. I felt like he was right there, and I felt like he was, like, winding up for it, it's like, dude, you gotta get that ball out before it touches the plane, Yeah, and he almost got it, and that would have been so incredible, yeah, um, and then the other one was when he incited the false start, but actually stepped into the neutral zone, but it was, like, barely, <laughs> I actually thought that was a pretty poor call as well, Yeah. um, 
Like, I think he, like, stepped his foot potentially in the neutral zone. Maybe not. And then, like, a late false start later, they're like, uh, neutral zone infraction? It's like, really? I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. But even that one, the announcers were like, I'm not sure that warrants a neutral zone infraction. And whatever. But uh, I liked where his head was at both those plays. They just didn't turn out for him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I feel like... Bojack has gotten to flack recently because he does have a big contract and he um, doesn't have the production that he did, obviously, his first couple of years. But he's definitely made some plays that I'm like, you know what? You're, you're in my book, Bojack. Like, you're okay. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, the blown coverage. I don't know why we're dancing around. Like, yeah, it's great. Other than, like, two huge blown coverages that either one could have put the game back in contention. Um yeah, and that is something I know we discussed before about like, all right, make it simple, Mister Decide. Please don't make it complicated. And I don't know what to attribute to these blown coverages. I swear these are more just in the past whatever five games than I saw like Vic Fangio's entire tenure at the Bears. You know, like that's that's a really concerning part for me. It's like people talk about these being fixable, but we're I don't know we're a third of the way into the season after training camp. Um. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I, I don't like that they're still there. It's an issue because if you play great defense all game that can hold the team to single-digit points, two blown coverages, all of a sudden they're in, their, in 20-some points, and it changes the entire complexion of the game. So, um, I mean, if they have two bombs over the top in that last game, they're at 23, and they win that game. So, uh, a game we said was pretty much a blowout in the Bears' favor. So, right. Yeah, I uh, I hope that gets cleaned up. Yes, sir. Yeah, the amount of drops. That's the one thing watching is like, man, there are a lot of drops the Raiders are kind of gifting the Bears that this could look like a different game. Yeah, so I don't know, we'll see. Hey, a win's a win. I'm not going to complain. Um, talked about defensive line. Talked about Roquan, of course. Talked about secondary. Um, hey, uh, our buddy, the other linebacker, is, uh, is back here now, whose name... Uh, I'm dry. Danny Trevathan. Thank you, Danny Trevathan is back. I like also like, wait, what's Danny Trevathan doing out there? What? Um, yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought he played well. I thought he played well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for being a guy that like, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, are they going to cut him? Like, what's the deal? Right. Is he like that far out? But yeah, he, he, he played well. Yeah, we speculated if this was like a, a face-saving maneuver to be like, yeah, you're injured. That's why you're being benched. Right. But, um, no, he's legit out there making plays and everything. He's uh, 31 years old, which is kind of up there for inside linebacker. But yeah, it's almost 39. <laughs> okay, moving on to offense. Unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on before we switch over. No, um, overall great defense, defensive scheme. Yeah. I mean, you take out you take out two blown coverages, and it was like. I, I, a really, really, really A plus defensive effort. So very oh, yeah. good overall still. Yes, sir. Yeah. Roquan had an awesome game. Khalil Mack had an awesome game. Uh Robert Quinn had an awesome like uh, yeah, yeah, you go after guy after guy after guy. It's yeah, I agree. I agree. Um moving over to offense, of course we had Justin Fields um having his tr- you know, terrifying but also awesome game despite middling stats. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about a lot is the fact that the run game was pretty good without David Montgomery, which seems impossible. It was awesome. 
Um, I I honestly think it would have been better with David Montgomery. There's nothing against oh, yeah. the other two guys. I do think he's better than they are. Um, but yeah, run game was good. They had some creases and uh, they hit them and punished the Raiders. Uh, I mean, it's why Justin Fields still doesn't have that many attempts um, because they're running the ball really, really well. Um, yeah, I I was impressed by both running backs. I thought it was good how they did that by committee. I want to say they each had like 70 yards or something like that, you know, like for a total of like 140. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they played really well. I, one of my highlight running plays – it's funny because uh, you've kind of nagged on him this season, and I would completely agree with every one of your points. But it was a sweet highlight. I want to say it was Herbert, um, a run play, and Jimmy Graham just starts like, <laughs> like basically pushing him forward, and the two of them got like nine extra yards after yeah. contact on one defender, and it was like, and it was for a first down, and it was so huge, and I was like. Way to play. Like, way to do something to help your team if it's not just catching touchdowns because yeah, look at that you. was a sweet play. Yes, it <laughs> that was, was really impressive. That was a Samwise Gamgee carrying Frodo. Like, it was. <laughs> I it can't was. Walk, but I can carry you. And then, except Samwise Gamgee is like a 140-year-old tight end that mostly can't move. But Correct, um, but that was a cool play. It I was. I remember that one. No, yeah, I, um, I have been ragging on him. I don't know why. I, I'm just like bitter at his contract, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, that that makes sense. And <laughs> also, he really hasn't done much. Like I said, you know, it's kind of weird when the Jimmy Graham compliment you can give him is that he helped a running back get a first down. <laughs> um, yeah. but <laughs> I feel like the broadcast stopped at one point. Like, finally, we have a Jimmy Graham play to highlight. Here it is. And everyone's like, look yes. at him go. Like, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> Look at him try. <laughs> he put effort in. Like, okay. Yeah. Um. I, one more comment on the I, – I mean, we touched on Justin Fields. I feel like we're talking about the offensive backfield here, running backs, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think it should go – I think it should be stated uh, before I forget. I was impressed, even though it was a super small sample, that I got to believe with Andy Dalton as our backup, we have one of the best backups in the NFL. Yes, sir. And, and so when Justin Fields went out with the scare – Obviously, I want him back in immediately. Mm-hmm. But for the series of downs where Andy Dalton came in, mm-hmm. he kept the drive alive and made a third and seven throw to uh, Allen Robinson, I think, for first down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, and then uh, Justin Fields comes back in, and it's like, oh, that's what's supposed to happen. The drive is still alive. Like you came in and did your job because. I remember pretty much every single former Bears backup would have been a guaranteed punt. You call them in for a series, and it's run, play, run, right. play, run, play, punt. And it's like, ah, oh, well, that's cool. You know, somebody got shaken up, and we have to get rid of the ball. No, like, we kept the ball because he was competent um, and a really good backup, and that that's valuable. Now, it's not $10 million or whatever he is valuable, but it's valuable, so... Uh, I was impressed that that worked. Yeah, uh, the run game, and I was impressed with both quarterbacks. So all that was good. Once upon a time, the Bears were in an NFC Championship game, uh, down to their third QB, um, because they had Todd Collins as their backup QB, who was like the <laughs> the Jason Peters of QB if Jason Peters acted his age. And then yeah. they're like, "All right, he's injured now too. Uh, he's on 
a stretcher. Okay, let's bring Caleb Haney through like two picks, and it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, we're this is like an unprecedented amount of depth. It's like, okay, yeah, Andy Dalton is like a ten-year starter. What's behind him? Oh, a Super Bowl MVP. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? And starting is the rookie who is clearly better than both of them. <laughs> <laughs> what a t- what a weird year, my God! Could you imagine explaining to yourself? I know we did this a few times, like the offensive line being like, "Yeah, we're gonna be down two tackles, and our for like you know our running back, our starting running back, Dave Montgomery, both tackles, and we're gonna gain like 140 yards rushing." Oh, insane! It does. I mean, I I love one of the moves they made is they just committed a tight end to be a straight-up O-lineman. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even pretend. Don't even, like, you know, there was no frills with that tight end. He was 310 pounds. <laughs> uh, there was no way he was running a route, but it didn't matter. It was like, <laughs> no, nah, that tight end, that's a tight end. Uh, <laughs> who's going to help out my 80-year-old left tackle? It's all good. <laughs> Like, why are they duct taped together? Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Together, they're 620 pounds. <laughs> and uh, shout out <laughs> shout out to uh, Ryan Nall, who played three offensive snaps. So that was pretty exciting. Always good to have a Ryan Nall sighting. Uh, preseason I feel legend. like he almost got in a fight, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> there are quite a few plays like, oh, man, these Raiders are like, they're testy. Uh, it's been yeah. too long in Vegas. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, talk about the backfield. I mean, there's a lot, I don't know, it's, it was a good game. Like, it was um, it was close, but it, it made for exciting watch. But, yeah, I mean, defensive success at all levels of the field, uh, offensive success on both sides, although the box score is not super impressive. Uh, situational play calling I thought was really good. Uh, the fans, um, they made, I think the beat writers, Adam Hogue or somebody else made a point to say, like, no, the Bears fan presence in Vegas right now is like deafening. Like they caused a false start on the Raiders on third critical third down because the fans were so loud in the Vegas stadium. That's awesome. I, I saw that and I was confused because I like, <laughs> I, I saw him like do the, you know, cover your ears, try to get the play call in, couldn't yeah. quite hear what was going on. Yeah. And I was like, I swore this was an away game. <laughs> right. And then, and I saw all like him being disheveled and like, you know, trying to get everybody to quiet down and he couldn't hear and focus. And I was like, that's so incredible. Yes, I love sir. being a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> I love having the ability to be the 12th man. Yes, sir. And yeah, this came one week after two things with Derek Carr. One being uh, him getting some flack for like basically turtling when he gets hit too many times. And uh, they were asking, asking Khalil Mack about this. And he's like, in his, you know, typical like, terrifying baritone like oh no i don't think that i think he's pretty good and then Khalil Mack killed Derek carr of the game um and then the other thing was Derek carr was bragging about how awesome the uh raiders fan presence was at their last game like oh yeah we travel well everyone knows that this is the facts it's like you, you didn't travel to your own stadium sorry buddy <laughs> you can't give chicagoans a vegas vacation and a bears game no sir all in one package um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one note that you just made me think of with Khalil Mack taking down Derek Carr, I actually feel like Khalil Mack got a little lucky after his sack to not get a taunting penalty to extend mm. the drive because him and Carr are apparently pretty close. Oh. And he 
needed to let him know that it was him after the sack, even if it was like friendly banter there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure with that being the point of emphasis, I could have totally seen a flag being thrown on like a, you know, some innocent like, hey, we had a side bet on this. <laughs> and then a flag gets thrown, you know, whatever it was, because yeah. he like made a point of going face to face with them. And uh, I feel like any other time that's happened, it's been a, a taunting penalty. So right when I saw it happen, I was like, I don't care that your friends back off, man. <laughs> yeah right like don't give him more life which is such a bummer i don't know this is just the old man to me complaining but it's like let him have fun man this is it's a game like let's go crazy i i totally agree but at the same time it's got to be playful banter it's got to be yeah. polite like i could also see like when they get in each other's faces and say things that are wildly inappropriate and whatever yeah. and it's like we don't need that especially when half these guys are mic'd up but, yeah i guess that's um, what it is yeah uh but yeah, I, I I don't know. I just always picture what is it? Scotty Pippen stepping over Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Man, what? A, that's a thing. Like that was such a fun Bulls era when like Dennis Rodman's kicking cameraman and like Michael Jordan's talking trash <laughs> and everybody. Like maybe it's only fun to look back on. And it was actually a really bad thing at the time. But like I don't know. I if I was the NFL commissioner, I would I would demand taunting for every single play <laughs> i would want like a wwe style like i want rivalries i want smack talk i want um like brutal i want it all but extend the play clock by 10 seconds the first 10 seconds all you're allowed to do is talk <laughs> right. you can't you can't even snap the ball like nfl blitz rules like you have to yes. body slam each other I loved how in NFL Blitz there was no such thing as pass interference. The goal was tackle them before the ball gets there. Otherwise, they're going to catch it. Right. I'm so glad that's your strategy, too. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. All right. So I think that is about all I have on. Oh, I guess we need to talk about their receiving core a little bit. Tight ends, uh, wide receivers, oh, yeah, yeah. all that. Um, do you have any thoughts before we start to wrap this up? Um. I feel like Cole Komet is uh, doing a really good job of hiding. <laughs> um, and I feel like every time Justin Fields throws in the ball, he's the only person that finds a way to not actually get that close to catching it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I feel like we talked about him a few weeks ago when, like, Justin Fields tried to, like, throw him open. He, like, tripped over himself. And, yes. like this week, kind of same thing, a little impromptu play, and he like somehow got confused and turned around. And, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that far away from him, and it seemed like he couldn't even make a play on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the I thought the receiving core did a really nice job of like timely um, catches, like just the same compliment that we gave Justin Fields. They made important throws, important catches. The one one of them that comes to mind is uh. Robinson on third down when he like just gloved it really high, yeah. kept it high, oh my gosh, it was and like then gravity turned to the off. outside. Yes, yeah. and I was like, oh man, he's so impressive. Yeah, uh, and like he kept it there so long, like the defense went for it, and then he like just tucked it in and got the first down. Yeah. But um, Mooney had a really nice like play after the catch to stay in bounds and get like ten extra yards. Um, yeah, I I think. I think the whole, like, the numbers and everything opens up once he starts getting, like, legitimate numbers of pass attempts. Um, And I think that all comes, you know, off the run game and all that stuff. And I'm not saying he's going to be a 45 attempts per game passer, but I think he's capable. 
Um, I think the only thing that the receiving core and tight end group could improve upon is improvisation when he does get outside the pocket. Like, don't give up on that play. I feel like so often with those other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and everybody else, that are really good at extending plays, they've always got a guy that somehow seems to know how to make a play after that, knows which way to cut, knows how to get open after the fact. I actually felt like Vegas did it a few times where like Derek Carr finally didn't yeah. get sacked, got away, and all of a sudden that was their big plays. It was like, well, you can't cover him for five seconds. Right. Well, why doesn't that work for us? Justin <laughs> right. Fields did break the pocket, gave us five seconds, and yet nobody's open still. That's why he's still holding the ball. Like, yeah. somebody get open, and then he's not going to get hurt, take that hit, and we're going to get big plays. So Yeah, and another one that famously does that is the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, and they've talked about Absolutely. on broadcast how, like, the team specifically practices that. Like, we're having, you know, free ball drills now where you just run and try to get open for extended time. But, um, yeah, so one funny thing. First of all, uh, Darnell Mooney has uh, 261 yards in the season. No big deal compared to Allen Robinson's 181 yards. So uh, if you were the kind of person who predicted a Darnell Mooney season better than Allen Robinson's, you know, whoever that was, that was a good move on their part. Uh, the... that, would, that would be you, Patrick. That was very impressive. Oh, my gosh, really? That's funny. It was. I, it I was. totally forgot about that. Okay. Uh, so having said that, I agree. Uh, the clutch the clutch gene from our receivers was awesome. Um, I do want to go back on the Colcomet slander you just imparted because how dare you? Um, but Darnell Mooney had that yeah, critical down uh, at the end of the game that really, that's what iced it. Um, I thought he had a good game. How many yards do you think he had? Mooney? Yeah. I have no idea, like 35? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Did you not look it up? No. He had exactly 35 yards. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he only had three receptions for 35 yards, which is not good. But I thought no. he had a good game. I agree with you. So it just, the, the box <laughs> score never tells the full story, guys. I hope you learned it that. It doesn't. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, you're going to say something before I... Really can't teach yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh. I was trying to look up and I, I can't because I'm a failure. Uh, how, uh, what was uh, Cole Komet's stat line? Because you said you wanted to back, me to backtrack on that slander. What well, exactly did he do? You know what, Bob? Sometimes the box score doesn't tell the full story. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but uh, I, I, I said it. Uh, did he have? Did he have any receptions? He had uh, two receptions for 22 yards. Okay. Okay. Um, so that was better than I thought. But to, I mean, we talked about Jimmy Graham, like, getting off of the sofa to make one running block. Uh, I did legitimately think I saw quite a few Cole Komet blocking plays that um, either assisted oh, he, or... He yeah. blocked well. He did yeah. block well. Um, my issue with him was not that. I think he's actually a pretty good complete tight end. I just want him to be able to, like, finish the route and find yeah. a way to get open. He's a huge body. Yeah, Justin Fields... I feel like it looks like he can hit a fly from 40 <laughs> yards. Just get a little bit open, and he's going to like help you get more open. And I feel like there's they're just not chemistry there yet. Like I feel like Fields sees, I'm going to throw you open here, and then Komet is just not on the same page. Yeah. And if he was, he'd be having great blocking, great running blocking, and like 100 yards. Yep. Because a few of those big plays, I, I, I feel like... Justin Fields is looking for him is what I'm saying. And mm -hmm. so if he's looking for you, 
like do them a solid and get yourself open. Yes, and this is uh, another me complaining about Justin Fields not starting, but if he had been QB1 going into the summer camp, he would have developed chemistry with the starters, your Allen Robinsons, your Cole Komets, your Darnell Moody, what have you. And instead, like we talked about him elevating the play of the tight ends around him, like, oh, Jesse James is a name now. Like, he's throwing his first career touchdown to Jesper Horstead. Like, you know, household name, Jesper Horstead. Like, that's that's nobody. But it's like because these are the people that he has developed chemistry with. So when they talked about, like, oh, Jesse James is a scratch first day, you know, he's injured or whatever. It's like, that shouldn't matter because he's no one. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I totally agree. <laughs> but You're exactly right. <laughs> Imagine if he had chemistry with Allen Robinson yeah. and Mooney and Komet. I mean, I've got to believe he'd have more than his, like, 300 yards passing he has right now. Yes, sir. Well, um, I had a few straight thoughts on the situational play calling before we wrap up. Uh, just okay. in general, I thought... Bill Lazor's offense looks and just feels so much better in general. Like there is a uh, specific like scheme in place where they're attacking specific weaknesses. They're dialing up either something that their skill set in the terms of their players are good at or something the opposing defense is bad at. And that is like so simple. That's like 101. But just the fact to see it over and over is awesome. Seeing like build on plays. Um, the only there's a couple of things where I was like, "What is going on?" Where like those first couple of um, drives that ended were is because like Robinson, they're asking him to run like a sh- five yard curl, or this in general, like everyone run hitch routes now. It's like this is not what our skill set is. It's not what our team is. It's not what anyone is good at. Why are you doing this? And then um, we had one third down play where uh, they had what is probably their best blocker, uh, James Daniels. Uh, pull like outside of the middle to go like way outside left and then of course the linebacker shot that gap and uh, hit a runner for what should have been a first down. It was just like stuff like that. It's like what are you doing guys? Iron is how. But in general I thought the offensive scheme looked way better um, just in general. Yep. I'm, I'm with you on that. I feel like uh, the one call that I did or one of the calls I didn't love during the game was really late in the game. I want to say it was last drive, so like minute left. It's one of those where like a first down ends the game, mm-hmm. which I always like those. <laughs> yes, sir. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like third and five, and he calls like a quarterback sneak, or not a quarterback sneak. He calls like a quarterback run to the left, off left tackle. And they end up getting like one yard and kicking the field goal. And that might have even been on the penultimate drive, like the second to last one. I'm not exactly sure, but – um. My thought was, if you're going to run Justin Fields anyway, why don't you like disguise that as a pass play? Why don't you step back, try to like flush everybody out? If the O-line knows that that's the play, that it's a designed run, you force guys certain directions like you're talking about. You have those like crack block type things where you create alleys for him. And then he gets five yards because all he's got to do is outrun one linebacker. But instead they like telegraphed, we're going left. We're just going to get more bodies there than you. And they both got 10 bodies there. And he like tripped over somebody for a one yard gain. I didn't like it for a couple of reasons. One, you sent him way wide. Like he could have gone out of bounds, stopped the clock. Yeah. Um, and two, it just felt like at that point, why are you having him take the hit? Uh, I right. mean, maybe just to get the one extra blocker, but um, I just feel like he's, 
dynamic enough and good enough and fast enough. Like we've talked about it. If you tell him pre-snap, we want to run the ball because we're just running the ball. He doesn't, he can look things off and then he can just make that break and he doesn't have to be indecisive. And I just have a feeling that you're going to get pretty good yardage on that. Um, maybe a first down, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe the concern there, because I'm not a play caller, is if he takes a sack, now it's a 50-yard field goal instead of a 46-yard field goal. I don't know. I just felt like running way wide uh, on a very telegraphed, like wide, slow, developing run seemed weird to me, especially on a play where they were playing run. So they're yeah. playing run, and then you like telegraph a run, where if they're playing run and then you pull back for a pass, maybe all of a sudden somebody bails out into coverage or, you know, blitzes pass to try to get to a deep drop. And then that's where you could break a big play, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. And also like for a guy whose knee, we thought it exploded just a couple of hours earlier. It's like, please don't, please don't do this. (laughs) What are you, what are you doing? Um, Right. Yeah, but no, I agree. Uh, So I think, you know, everyone kind of learns and develops and uh, Nagy, we gave him four years to develop and he uh, didn't, but I think Bill Lazor, like, is mostly better, but there are some things that he will hopefully learn from and improve on. Um, same with Desai and everybody. So that's all we can really hope for. Um, any final comments before we wrap this up? No, oh, that was a great game. Pumped to be three and two. Huge win. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Bear Weather Fans. Bear.